0: Money is brought to you today by Wealthfront. Wealthfront is the most tax-efficient, low-cost, hassle-free way to invest. Now, many of you I know are interested in simplifying your investment strategy. You want to reduce fees. You want to work with a service that you trust. And Wealthfront delivers. It builds and manages your personalized, globally diversified portfolio. To open an account, the minimum is just $500. And that gets you a periodically rebalanced, diversified portfolio of low-cost, Index funds. There are zero trading fees, zero hidden fees, and advisory fees that are just a fraction of traditional advisors. In fact, Wealthfront manages your first $10,000 for free. To learn more and sign up, visit wealthfront.com forward slash SO Money. You're listening to SO Money, everyone. It's Friday, Friday. Welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Lots of ex- excellent questions to sift through today. Thank you to everybody for writing in. You know, it's really easy. You just go to somoneypodcast.com. You click on ask Farnoosh. You send me your question. Within a week or two, you've got an answer. This is kind of one of the only shows that does that. And I'm thinking now I might even go live with these questions. You know, a lot of people are going on Facebook using the live functionality on the on the fan pages to connect with their fans instantly. And some of you have been writing in questions through Facebook to me. So I thought that might be a great platform. I've never done it before. So bear with me, but that is going to be in our future. So if you want a question answered immediately, stay tuned for a Facebook live Q and a, this was a very eventful week, and with us, we have Sophia, my assistant, who celebrated 2-5, 25th quarter century birthday this I week. I know, I know, the big 2-5. How does it
1: feel? You know, it doesn't feel that different, and everyone keeps asking, and I'm a little worried that I don't feel that different. Should I?
0: I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a stage in your life. I, I don't think I even had, you know... a. I didn't feel like when I turned 25 that the world changed or I changed, but it definitely gets you thinking about your future in a way that maybe you didn't before. Very reflective.
1: I would agree with that. I think that's accurate. I've definitely been
0: Something reminiscing else, you
1: know. on friendships, relationships, and where I'm at in my life. And I agree. So I'm excited what the year holds ahead. I will say that. I think it will be a very interesting year ahead.
0: Stick with me, Sophia. Sophia. Oh, I will. I it'll, plan be a, to. it'll be an eventful <laughs> year for sure. And um, you were holding down the fort this week. Thank you very I much. I was. Yeah, of course. Anytime. I was How was San, San Francisco? Francisco? Good. It was great. I c- combined a little bit of business with pleasure. I got the opportunity, the invite to go out to Northern California to be a keynote at the FPA NorCal Conference. Really a- an exciting gathering of financial advisors. And I got to meet actually one of my heroes, uh, one of my favorite authors, and uh, I'm such a nerd. I love this guy because he's, um, he's pretty geeky like me, and I'm sure many of you have heard of him. Sophia, you as well. Dan Ariely. He is the author of Predictably Irrational. One of his first books, I read that, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to meet this man." I actually interviewed him many times. Once for uh, my book, Psych Yourself Rich. I recently interviewed him for the uh, upcoming issue of O Magazine. He's excellent. So, if anybody out there is curious about why we do the silly things that we do with money and everything else, like why we're irrational and why irrational is actually very human. Uh, look at Dan Ariely, look him up, look up his work. And his books are really, as while they're very educational and very scientific, also a pleasure to read. He's a fantastic writer. So it was really a great honor to meet him. And of course, get to spend some time with my mom and dad and, uh, let them, of course, uh, see Evan. My dad hadn't seen Evan in a year. Oh, my goodness. He must have thought he got so big. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, it sort of breaks my heart a little bit that we're so far apart, 3,000 miles. It's difficult to see your your relatives, your family um, frequently. And especially my dad, he's, he's up until recently because he got laid off, which I think is the best thing that ever happened to him. He worked so many hours every day, couldn't get really a lot of time off. So it was hard for him to travel to the East Coast. And for the first year of Evan's life, we threw we flew out there like all the time. I used to joke that Evan had more frequent flyer miles than like the average adult and that he'd <laughs> gathered so many miles in his first year of life. After he turned a year, we kind of boycotted the airlines only because well, – the airports really. We just didn't want to go through that hassle of having to take well, who is now a toddler on an airplane was walking and he doesn't sleep eight hour you know eighteen hours a day anymore. He's up and up and about. So it was it was for us. We wanted to just kind of avoid that uh, stress. And so my mom would come occasionally. This was our first big trip back out, and it was fun. It was ninety degrees. Let's get to the questions,
1: shall we? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Our first question comes from Max. He writes in, I'm thinking about moving to New York City to start up a company. I'm 23 and rather nervous to take this leap of faith. Any advice or first steps that I should do? Likewise, do you have anyone you could connect me with to talk more about New York City and starting up a company?
0: Cool. Max, what's the business? I'm really curious. My first advice is don't be nervous. You're 23 years old, the world is your oyster, this is the best time in your life to be taking risks, so more power to you. Now, because you're in your early 20s, it's an important time, no matter what your plan is, whether it's to be an entrepreneur, to have a career, to go back to school, is to begin establishing a strong network. A network of of people who can support you, can be resources for you, and of course a network that you're up and ready and willing to help as well. And how do you start? You're new to the city. You don't know anybody. How do you start connecting with people, networking with people? Well, you start by first figuring out who you're connected to in New York. Go on Facebook, go on LinkedIn, find people that are connected to you somehow, maybe one degree of separation, two degrees of separation. Send them thoughtful emails. Don't just blast people and say, hey – I'm coming to New York. Can we have coffee? That's not the best way to approach it. It's really about, you know, understanding who these people are, what they do, what they need, and how you might be of service to them. You know, leave the fact that you want to maybe get their advice till the very end and offer to maybe grab coffee with them, lunch, whatever you can do, you know, and make sure you pick up the bill. It's a great investment. Beyond that, for people that you don't know, look into not working at a Starbucks or working from home, but maybe investing a little bit of money in a co-working space. I work at a WeWork, which is an international community of co-working spaces, they're in major cities, there's t- there's tons in New York. I think the WeWork membership started at $45 per month. That's almost $2 a day, not too bad for the fact that you're getting access to other startup entrepreneurs, many of them work in at WeWorks. There, there are so many events that go on daily at the multitude of locations that WeWork has in New York that you'll then be able to attend via your $45 per month membership. And then they give you credits with that membership to allow you to come to the space, to work, use their free Wi-Fi, drink their free coffee. There's even beer. Then, Sophia, you found a cool network called Score. Yeah, Score. That's a nonprofit and I think they offer a free mentorship for small business owners. So look into SCORE. I believe the website is score.org. The city also has a lot of resources for small business owners, free resources. I would tap into... New York City's Business Solutions Center. If you go to nyc.gov SBS, you can find the link to the Business Solutions website. And from there, you can find all sorts of free services that are offered by the New York City Department of Small Business Services that's going to help you start, operate, and expand in the city. So check out nyc.gov, check out score.org, go to WeWork, and then go through LinkedIn, go through Facebook, talk to your existing network, see who's in New York City that might be of service to you and start from there. I think that is going to get the creative juices flowing. It's going to get your network built strong. And from there, I think you're going to figure out next steps. All right. I like that advice, Sophia?
1: I think that's great. And I couldn't agree more about WeWork. I think WeWork has its own intranet, even, and I notice all the time people are posting. Hey, is there a copywriter in the building? Or you know, we're looking to do this photo shoot. Anyone with photography skills? We don't have that big of a budget, so it's really a great place where you can meet a lot of different people, and I think
0: well worth the investment. Absolutely, and it's a great meeting space too. If you want a professional location to have a meeting, Max, you know, if you're uh, at the stage where you are courting clients or other employees, you want to hire people. It's like a way cooler place to bring people than like a Starbucks uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a coffee shop. If there's privacy, you can rent a you can reserve a boardroom and or conference room. And and I think that it's just invaluable once you are a business owner or once you are establishing yourself as an as an entrepreneur. All right.
1: So our next question comes from Shweta. She says, hey, Farnoosh, I came across so many a couple weeks ago, and I'm already a fan. A little bit about myself. I came to the US four years ago and have been working at my full-time job for almost two years now. I'm aggressively making payments toward my student loan debt and saving close to 20% of my income. My question is, I was wondering if you could recommend some investment options for international students and employees like myself. I don't have plans of going back to my home country for at least another three years, so would like to see if I can make my money work for me in the meantime.
0: Well, thanks, Shweta. That's uh, nice of you. And welcome to So Money. Hope it's been helpful for you and. On this show, I don't give investment advice. I don't give specific investment advice beyond, of course, talking about the benefits of investing, such as investing for retirement, opening up your 401k, doing at least the match, having an IRA as a supplement to your existing work um, retirement plan or as a standalone retirement plan, and of course, the importance of saving at least 10% of your income, making sure that your portfolios diversify, that you have a, like a really nice range, a healthy range of, uh, of investments, that if when you're young, it sounds like you are, that you are aggressive, that you take these risks now when you can afford them. You are heavily invested in stocks. Beyond that, I wouldn't know really what to say other than opening up a standard brokerage account include some index funds in that brokerage account, that's something that you might be able to carry with you when you go to your country. You can also check out LVest.com, which is an investment platform for women. I've been talking about it a little bit on the show. I met with Sally Krotchek, who is the founder of Elvest. Sally Krotchek was also a guest on So Money. She formerly was one of the top women in on Wall Street and has since left Wall Street to uh, run Elevate, which is a network for career-driven women and entrepreneurs. And out of that, she's also developed Elvest, which is a new investment platform for women. And I checked it out. I went to their offices, got to see the behind the scenes of Elvest and how it's different from all the other investment platforms out there. I thought it was great. I thought it's very current. It's very much in line with what young, modern, and not even just young, modern women want when it comes to money management and establishing goals and affording them. So check out lvs.com. There's also WorthFM.com, which is another platform that's geared towards women investment platform. And that's launched uh, through Amanda Steinberg, who is the founder of DailyWorth.com, which is a great resource for all things money and women and career. So check out lvs.com, WorthFM.com. If you're going to invest money in the stocks, and you want to look at various funds, I would recommend an index fund which tracks the broader market. And that's as specific as I'm going to get. (laughs) That's why I leave the specific investment advice to the specific investment advice experts, which is not me. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag and drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning.
1: All right. Moving on to Katarina. She says, first off, love your podcast. My question is, how much should I contribute to my Roth IRA account? I already contribute 13% to my 401k and $50 a month to my Roth IRA. If I'm being completely honest, I don't even know what, how a Roth IRA even works. Am I doing it right? Thanks for taking the time to answer my questions.
0: All right, Katerina. Well, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate your feedback. And Are you doing it right? Well, you're contributing to a Roth IRA. So I'd say you are on the right track. I love that you're contributing already 13% to your 401k. That's fantastic. You know, $50 a month towards a Roth IRA is okay. If you have extra money and you want to put it to to good work, you should know that you can invest up to $5,500 in a Roth IRA every year, this year at least. If you're single and make um, $116,000 or less, you can contribute up to $5,500 this year. What is a Roth IRA? It's a unique retirement account. You pay taxes on the money going into the account and then all the future withdrawals in retirement are tax-free. One of the reasons we love Roth IRAs is because of this particular tax advantage. So a lot of us don't know what our tax exposure is going to be in retirement. Many of us assume it's going to go up. So in that event, a Roth IRA comes in handy because right now you're probably not paying as much in taxes, income tax, as you would uh, say, you know, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, whenever you're going to retire. And so better to pay taxes now than in the future. And that's kind of how a Roth IRA benefits us. But Time is of the essence because the more you work, the more experience you get, the more you ask for raises, you'll be making more than $116,000 in your future. But the unfortunate news at that point is that you're going to start phasing out of being able to contribute to a Roth IRA. So now is the time to really strike it big with the Roth IRA. If you can do – more than $50 a month, that's only $600 a year. So you have another like $4,900 a year that you can be contributing. So I would try to do as best I could with that. Good luck. I think the 401k plus the Roth IRA is a great diversified mix of retirement accounts. Because as you know, the 401k, you get the tax benefit today, your contribution reduces your taxable income today. And then when you retire, those withdrawals will be taxed at whatever tax bracket you're in then but a Roth IRA works the reverse. So it's a nice way to kind of diversify your tax exposure.
1: Do you have a Roth IRA, Sophia? I do. I actually oh, opened one up um when I left my previous employer and I had to take my 401k money, I so I rolled that over into a Roth. Good. So one day I'm going to go through
0: your finances maybe on the show. Oh, yes. that could be a really interesting If episode. you want, I don't want to like <laughs> I'm not going to do I'm not going to force it, but we can speak generally. And you know, if you have financial questions, you should feel free to hit me up. I will. But you know, I actually have to say a
1: lot of working with you and hearing everybody else's questions. I feel like, I mean, I was always a saver before I started working for you. But really now I've learned so much about Roth IRAs, 401ks, you know, all of this stuff and emergency funds. And I've really gotten my finances in shape. So I have to say, you know, Knock on wood, I'm pretty comfortable with how I'm awesome. doing. So Yeah. All right. And thanks. And good luck, Katarina. All right. So our next question comes from Jeanette. She writes in, hey, Farnoosh, I'm not your typical listener in that I'm almost 60 years old. I've been divorced for over 35 years, raised two girls, and helped put them through college. I finally got out of debt several years ago, including paying off my house. I now max out my 401k with a 9% company match and my Roth IRA. I expect money from Social Security and my pension once I retire, and I have about 470000 in my 401k, but just started my Roth IRA only a few years ago. I've suddenly become very concerned I won't have enough money for retirement. What else can I do?"
0: So, Jeanette, first things first is I want you to do some math, okay? I know that you're worried, but have you actually done the math to see what you're going to have every month in retirement if you just stopped investing right now, stopped working right now? Let's say retirement was tomorrow. What would you have monthly? So you've done some research. You know that you'll get about $2,000 a month through Social Security, $750 a month through your pension. So that's almost three grand just from fixed income. But what else? If you take that, say, $500,000 in your 401k and you withdrew 4%, which is the standard withdrawal rate every year, what is that? That's about $20,000 a year. So $20,000 plus the you know thirty three thousand dollars from Social Security plus pension that's about fifty fifty three thousand dollars a year that's if you're retired tomorrow you know just to make it simple is that enough maybe what you could do if you want to be super conservative is go to ssa.gov which is the Social Security Administration's website and there when you log in you'll be able to see what your social Security payout will be if you start to accept the funds as soon as possible, or if you wait to 70, which is the, you know, the last year of, of life that you can start withdrawing from social security. You have to withdraw at, at 70 max. The rule of thumb is the longer you wait to collect social security, the closer you wait to 70, the higher your monthly payment will be, obviously. So that might be an option for you. If you don't need that social security paycheck right away, then wait. Because I looked mine up just this morning and the difference is almost double, you know, versus you know, pulling out social security at 62 versus 70. It was like a 75% increase. That's, you know, that's tempting. That I might is. Find, wow. You know, I might want to find other ways to make ends meet and then know that for sure by 70 years old, I'll have this big, ch- this big paycheck coming to me. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing is you might consider staying employed a little bit longer. I would think about what you want to maybe do part-time in retirement to keep working. If you're healthy and you hate being at home all day like I would be, go out there and find something to do where you're interacting with people, you're getting out, even if it's just a few days a week, a few hours a day, it's income and I think studies show, you know, when you continue to connect with people, it is good for the brain, it's good for the soul, it's good for longevity. Keeps you younger, that's for sure. Keeps you younger, for sure. Anything you can do to, you know, delay tapping those retirement funds and living off of your paycheck is going to make sure that you will be uh, having a more secure retirement. And then, of of course, I'm trying to get my parents to do this. It's difficult. I get it. But downsizing, (laughs) you know, could you sell the house, buy a smaller one or rent, you know, anything you can do to sell items that you no longer need. I just bought the book, the Marie Kondo book. Have you read it, Sophia? No, I haven't. It's all about like simplifying your life uh, and how to do it, especially if you are very sentimental. You know, oh, I have to keep this statue. I have to keep this plastic trophy from third grade that said I came in eighth place. And then going back to the first thing I said about doing the math, there's a website that I like called save.org. And there you can do a lot of plugging and chugging that will show you how much you will actually need in retirement in a lump sum or a monthly basis based on things like how much you have saved, how much you plan to continue to save, what will be your social security estimate payout, what will be any pensions. So it does all the math. It also asks things like, you know, do you have any health issues? Do you have prescriptions that you have to pay for? It wants to kind of factor in as much as it can that healthcare wildcard. And it will give you a rough number, you know, and based on that number, you might think, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing well. And it sounds like you are. You know, Jeanette, I think it's great that you got rid of that mortgage. You have a lot in your 401k. You continue to invest in your 401k. Your company provides a healthy match. You have really good retirement coming from Social Security. You have a pension, which most people don't at this stage. So, And you have a Roth. I mean, I think you're doing great. I really do. But do the math so that you can be 100% certain. All right. One last question.
1: All right. Our last question comes from Amy. Amy writes in, I work in the sustainability field. My role is to fundamentally change my organization to integrate sustainability across all operations. That sounds really complicated.
0: That sounds <laughs> like a huge job. It does. It scares it does. me, actually. <laughs> I would not be able to do that.
1: She continues, I'm partnered with a man from our finance department. He's awesome in so many ways and he's deeply embraced our work. He's really excited about sustainability and owning it. As a sustainability professional and a change agent, I'm thrilled that he's taken such ownership of the work that we do. The world needs more hardcore finance guys interested in sustainability. But as a professional woman and a feminist, I want to make sure I get equal credit for the excellent work that we do. I'm having a hard time balancing promoting myself and my role. Role while nurturing and supporting his excitement and empowerment.
0: Hmm. Whoa. Okay. So, I mean, what would it? What would I give to be a fly on the wall in your office? I mean, I, I'm really curious to see this dynamic uh, at play, Amy. And I wonder. I, I don't know, but maybe you're assuming too much or you're internalizing things. I mean, do you have hardcore evidence that? Like he is potentially on the road to getting more credit for his role in the organization. Do you, do you feel threatened in your role? Do you feel threatened as a woman in, in the workplace? I mean, sometimes I think we, we feel things, but there's really no material evidence to back it up. So just check yourself a little bit. And I hope that I'm right, that there isn't any material reason for you to be concerned other than, of course, As it goes in many workplaces, men tend to get, you know, all the credit sometimes and um, women have to fight harder for the same recognition. I get that. And I, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't be concerned, but I I wouldn't want that anxiousness, that anxiety to impact your work and the leadership that you want to demonstrate. So that's the first thing I just want to say to hopefully get you to feel a bit better about your job. Hopefully there isn't anything to worry about. However, you know, I get the whole sense of wanting to protect your career and your reputation and get the credit that you deserve. And there is work to that. You can't just assume that people are going to go around giving you high fives. That's one of the first things I learned in my job too – as a 23 year old associate producer at a big network, no one was going to come around and say Farnoosh, great work. I mean, like maybe once a year when I went in for my review, and I was somebody that felt it was important to. and I mean, I know that you know in the end, the people who accelerate in their jobs quickly are the ones who are recognized and the ones who are appreciated and. And sometimes you have to be at the forefront of that. You have to be your biggest advocate at work. How do you do it? You know, when your team that you've led does great work, you send out the email to the company and you praise them. And through that praise, it shows that you have leadership qualities, that after all, you are the leader. So it's it's important to, you know, Mark those milestones, those big wins and document them, email them to the, to people, make sure that. You have a notebook that that takes note of all the great accomplishments that you've made. And so when you go in for your review or when you go in for the ask for the raise, that you come prepared to show how you've been adding value. And honestly, this guy sounds great, like you said, and there's a lot that we can learn from him. So embrace his energy. Embrace his enthusiasm. We shouldn't think that men are you know the, the enemy or the threat in the workplace. There's a lot that we can learn from one another, just like men can learn from women in the workplace place. Women can learn from men. And if this guy is admirable and exemplifying great leadership qualities, you want to lean into that. Don't be threatened by it. You just want to be able to find your way to be happy and appreciated in this role. And honestly, that sometimes starts with just inner appreciation of your work and inner happiness. You know, you have to find fulfillment in this job. And sometimes you're not going to have the best days every day. Sometimes you might feel overlooked. But I think everybody goes through that. That's just part of, you know, it's part of the emotions of working in a workplace. But if it helps and it wouldn't be, keep a notebook and track your accomplishments and have it at the ready in case you ever feel the need to be reminded of your value. I'm curious, Sophia, it's been a long time since I've worked in a workplace with men and women and as an employee, but you came recently from a traditional work environment. Yeah. It was your first job, so maybe you don't have a ton of perspective, but I am curious to know how was the landscape in terms of men and women and like did you see that guys were getting more high fives and praise and, and promotions and women were looked over? I felt that my workplace was very equal and I, and I have to say, I
1: think that there's a couple, couple reasons for that. One is that, um, I worked at a PR agency and the senior vice president who led the overall account and then the vice president who led my, in particular, division was actually run by women, which I thought was an amazing thing just because usually you see men in those roles. And so I think to have women, it was really a great reminder that they are just as much leaders as well. And um, I think that they were very hyper aware of the fact that both the men and the women um, underneath them and within our group, you know, were equally responsible. And then I think the other thing too is that it really came down to teamwork. So I think even when somebody, whether I had secured a media placement, I was very aware that I should share that with my, my equal was also the one who introduced me to that relationship. And we were able to get the placement together. So I think I was really lucky in the sense that there were there were a lot of female role models, but then also that we were all willing to acknowledge that it was a team effort. But I will say that I went to an all women's college, I went to Smith College. And one thing is, obviously, it's so great to be with all of these powerful, amazing women. But you know, there is something wonderful about learning from our male counterparts as well. And in the end, there's a lot that we can be learning from each other.
0: Yes, completely agree. Well said. Yeah, don't be threatened by this guy. He, I think he sounds like he just wants to be a team player. He's really enthusiastic and lean into that. Be a mentor to him. That's one way to really show if there is like a hierarchy here that, you know, you're in charge. Be sure that you're going to him and giving him maybe some unsolicited advice or asking him how you can help. You know, you put your mark on the things that are your, that you're most passionate about. Amy. So good luck to you. And um, I think this was a really thoughtful question. So I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that you're asking me. I'm sorry if I didn't have all the answers, but as two women here on the other end, on the receiving end, Sophia and I, we hope to have given you some uplifting perspective. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you, Sophia.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me back. This is always so fun every time
0: I get to join you on the show. I know. We're like a dynamic duo here. And <laughs> as a reminder, everyone, just hit up, hit me up, hit us up. Go to so dot podcast.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Click on ask farnoosh. And that is the best way for us to connect, uh, aside from the, to be determined, Facebook Live Ask Farnoosh that's going to be in our future soon. I'll have to uh, map that one out. And uh, so if you haven't uh, liked me on Facebook yet, please do. I'm at Farnoosh Tarabi on Facebook. We'll, We'll make magic. Thanks so much, everyone. Hope your weekend is so money.